He makes me sound real good, doesn't he? <laughs> you know, it's been quite a while since I've been in this pulpit. I don't even remember the last time. It was this year, I know. But, um, I, I want to begin by saying that I'm teaching this or preaching this to Jerry and I as much as you. So don't think uh, we have it all together and we don't ever have a problem and we do the right thing every time. Don't think that. But we try. And so as I started to write this sermon, God just gave me the first few pages and and then um, I stumbled on this book of Mark Batterson. So many of the quotes in here are from him. But uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jerry and I's life in this, which I don't usually do. I usually just preach the word, but uh, I'm going to bring in a few examples of us. You can have as much God as you want. I'll say that again. You can have as much God as you want. But it isn't automatic heard that this morning. There's a scripture that says, this is Jeremiah eleven thirteen. There we go. You, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And all your heart, that doesn't mean your physical organ there. It means who you are, your personality, your desires, your, your, your think, the things you think, the things you feel with all your heart. So you don't just, you don't just halfway look for him, seek him, you go all the way. And then Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, I suppose many of you could probably quote this, Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I want to talk to you a little bit about the river of God today. I absolutely know there is a river flowing out of the throne room because I've been in it. And that's another whole sermon. But you can be in it too. So Ezekiel 47, 1 through 5, and this first part of this scripture is a little hard to Understand, but the he in this, he brought me back. The he is an angel, and uh, it's an angel that appears to be bronze and has a line of slacks and a measuring rod in his hand. And he's probably one of the living creatures, if you know that. So, verse 1 then he brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and behold, water was flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the entrance faced the east. 
And the water was flowing down from under, from the right side of the temple, from south of the altar. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate by way of the gate that faces east. I thought, now I could maybe draw a picture of this, but I thought we would really get off track on that. When a man went out toward the east, oh, and behold, water was trickling from the south side. mouth gets dry every time you get up here. Okay. And the man went out toward the east with a line in his hands. He measured a thousand cubits and he led me through water reaching the ankles. And again he measured a thousand and led me through water, water reaching the knees. Again he measured a thousand and led me through the water, water reaching my loins. Again he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not ford. For the water had risen, enough water to swim in, a water that could not be forded or crossed. God says right now, come to the river. I am the river, he said. You can, you can wade in the water at the very edge, and it will allow you to to have a little refreshing for me. And he told me some will want to go a little deeper, and so they wade out clear up to their knees. It's harder to run in this much water, but you can if you really want to. You're walking and sometimes running with me, God says, but the pace is slow. So now if you really want to see and hear and feel what's in the river, then you wade out clear to your waist. Wow, you're halfway in and halfway out. Which are you? Are you halfway in or halfway out? So you start crying out now and saying, there must be more to this. It's hard to live this way with only a part of you, God. I'm not all in, but my goodness, if I was all in, I would be religious, and I would be quoting scriptures to everyone that wanted to listen, or if they didn't want to listen, and going to church every time the door opened, and I would be reading my Bible instead of watching television or reading other books, and everyone would see me as, well, what would they see me as? Okay, I'm going to go on up to my shoulders. The water's swift, and I can barely keep my feet on the sandy bottom. It's very hard to move fast, so I'm just going to move slow. But as I move slow, I'm being refreshed. It seems like all those cares I was carrying washed away. Now I feel the water, and I love it. Well, God, if it feels this good, I believe I'll just put my head under and get totally wet and begin to swim. If you know me, I don't like to get my head under the water. But I have with God. So I'm all in, and it's wonderful. 
Now I'll be able to think about you, God. And the Bible's going to come alive, and I'm going to hear you speak to me. And I'm going to know the Holy Spirit is directing my path. Holy Spirit, why did I fight being all in? That was ridiculous of me. I love being directed by you. I love the river. It's calling my family to come in with me. And I see some on the bank. And I get out of the river, and I get up there, and I push them in. And then they experience what I'm experiencing, and they love being there, too. Now there are a lot of us all in. God, why didn't you tell me that this is the way to live? He said, I told you over and over and over to trust me, and I would take total care of you. Well, why didn't you push us in? Because I lead you. I don't force you. You're my fishers of men. I've called and equipped you. And as you keep being all in, others will want to see what you have. And you can give it away. Freely you've received, freely give. I didn't tell you this, but the title of my message is, Can You Get Gisha? All in. <laughs> Should have told you that at the beginning. Every day can be new and directed by God. You can cast your cares on me, he said, because I care for you. And you can be a witness of my power and authority. And you can be filled, totally filled with me. And you'll see the word just jump off of the page and talk to you. And every day going to church will be a time of worship, praise, and prayer with awesome revelation of who you are, but mainly who I am. And that is just the beginning. As you swim, you're going to learn more and more. And you become like me, and others will want to swim with you. Come to the river, God says. Are you weary? Are you carrying a bunch of stuff? Let God show you rest. Get all in. Some of you will say, well, that's an abnormal way to live. And some of you may say, well, that sounds good, but I can't do it. Completely surrendering your life is radical. It's called all in. It really is normal to be all in, but it looks abnormal to our society. <clears throat> I'm going to give you some amazing facts right now. I remember when I taught <clears throat> several, several um, times on Wednesday night, and I gave you a bunch of amazing facts, and that's been a long time ago. Jesus didn't die to keep us safe. He died to make us dangerous. And faithfulness is not holding down the fort. It's storming the gates of hell. And the will of God is not an insurance plan. It's a caring plan. 
You know, we all want to spend eternity with God. But we don't want to spend time with him here. Do you think we might text more than we study the text? Somehow our eyes and our lives are fixed on iPhones and iPads and televisions. And God feels so distant. Because we're hugging the rim. We stand on the bank watching the people. They're in the river swimming and they're enjoying God to the fullest and we're just watching. So is it no wonder we're bored with our faith? We want it all without going all in for God. Is the Bible really real to you or is it just theory? When you read a scripture and I read a scripture, it's theory until you experience that scripture. God's grace is theory, but once you experience it, it'll become reality and it'll redefine. It will change you in your life. By grace, well, this is Ephesians 2.8. By grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not from ourselves. It is the gift of God. You know, his promises, there are, I don't know, it's either 700 and something or 7,000. I don't know, but it's, there's a lot of them. His promises are theory to you until you prove them to be true by acting out on them. When God delivers, then your theory becomes reality. Have you ever considered giving God 100%? You don't have to worry about the results because then it's the right thing. The results are God's responsibility. You focus on doing the right thing for the right reason and don't consider that it can't be done because all things are possible with God. With people, things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. That's Matthew nineteen twenty six. Sorry, I didn't tell you to begin with. Going all in for God is not something you do once. You keep doing it for a lifetime. So Jerry and I were both saved at a young age. I was 10 and he was a teenager. He lived in Visai. I lived in Sharon, big town of Sharon. And we did not know each other until a friend introduced him to me <clears throat> my senior year. And romance blossomed, and we married. And that was after my senior year was finished, we married. And after we married, we went to church, and after we had three children, we went to church. But now as I look back over it, I wonder if we went just because we knew we were supposed to. We, of course, wanted our kids to know the Lord, and we were youth sponsors for many years, but all in, I would probably say not. But one day, a pastor challenged us to begin to read the Bible every day for five minutes. And I did not take the challenge, 
But my husband did. And he took it seriously. And we found out what all in is. Now, I know when you get all in, you'll have a few failures before you get it right, and that's okay. And when you get off track, God will lead you right back on track. So when you go all in with God, you never know when he'll show up or what he might show up with, but you can take this to the bank. He will show up if you're all in. You know, we we were singing this morning, uh, and this came to my mind. What we have to do is surrender all we have and all we are to Jesus. And that's hard to do. We're just one decision away from a totally different life. When you look back at your life, the greatest moments will be the times that you went all in. You know, we tend to want God on our terms, not his. But you can only get a relationship with him on his terms. And a lot of times we want everything God has to give, but we don't want to we don't want to give up anything. We want to buy in without selling out. Do you know what we do as Christians? We spend most of our lives accumulating wrong things. We're looking for our destiny, but our destiny is not a mystery. It's a decision. We're only one decision away from a totally different life. You know, one decision can change your finances. I want to testify of this. Um, This happened a few weeks ago here, and Pastor was taking up a special offering for a living word, and God said uh, $500, and I said, what? And he he said it loud and clear. I have never given $500 in an offering. But I did. We did. And um, the very next week, we received a check for $4,000, almost $800. I thought, hmm, I guess that decision changed our finances. And one decision can change a relationship. My husband decided to accept that challenge by a pastor to read the Bible five minutes. I didn't do the challenge, but I watched Jerry read five minutes. And then it was 10 and 15, and before long it was 30 minutes to an hour. He was hiding the word in his heart. And our relationship blossomed because of that. And any relationship no matter how awesome it is, can get better. So one decision can lead toward health, spiritual health, physical health, or emotional health. My spiritual health took off when I decided to get up at 5 o'clock every morning to spend time with God before I went to work at 7.30. And then I put sticky notes of scripture all over the house, even in the 
post office where I worked so I could learn the scriptures. And then my physical health changed when about 12 weeks ago I made a huge decision to have a knee replacement. Believe me, I have said for 15 years, I will never have a knee replacement. I was, I was against it, totally against it. But it, it's already helped me do things that I had given up. Sometimes you don't realize because you can't go upstairs and downstairs. There are a lot of things you can't bend over, uh, a lot of things you can't do when your knees won't let you. My emotional health went sky high when God began to show me the heavens. As I spent time with him in worship and prayer. And that's one of those times is when I was in the river. So see what decisions bring. Any one of these decisions can become defining moments of our life and they were we need to get out of the boat like Peter going all in is the courage not to look back and not to be thinking about the past you know in God's eyes little things are big things he's all you know he, he looks at the little things not just the big so if we do the little things as if they were big things then God will do the big things as if they were little things. And the kingdom of God will advance. Here's where we are. We want God to do something while we keep doing the same old thing. You've heard that many times. We want God to change our circumstances without us changing at all. Now, is that true? You all are really quiet. If we ask God for new wine, then we first must have a new wineskin. Going all in means we have to fold. You're going to have to put all your cards on the table face up. Are you desperate enough to make a move? Desperate enough to pray all night? Desperate enough to read the whole Bible again and again and again? Desperate enough to reconcile a broken relationship? Desperate enough to plead with a friend that is lost? Desperate enough to give your savings to a kingdom project? Are you desperate enough to go all in with God? We're going to have to quit living like our purpose here is our purpose in life is to arrive safely at death's door. That's not what we're here for. The purpose of life is to love as God loves all. We need some God-sized goals. We need to go after dreams that will absolutely fail if God doesn't get involved. We need to keep asking questions, and we will make mistakes. It's okay. We need to stop pointing out the problem and become part of the solution. 
And we need to stop repeating the past and start creating our future. Do you live like today is the first day of your life and the last day? Have you ever taken a flying leap of faith? Anybody hand going up? You know, when we, when we take a flying leap of faith, it usually isn't because we just decide I'm going to do that. I'm going to just get myself out there where, where if God doesn't show up, I'm doomed. But Jerry and I took a flying leap of faith, not because we wanted to, but, um, oh, how many times have I gone over this? We had a lawsuit. This was several years ago. And we had made an investment. We scrounged to make that investment. We scrounged up the money and did. And um, all of a sudden we find out we're going to court with FDIC. That's a government entity. And I, uh, I was overwhelmed. Um, the investment went belly up and we're stuck with the FDIC wanting $25,000. Well, it just as well have been $2 million because we didn't have 25000 So we got a lawyer who did not seem interested in winning, so we finally got another lawyer. And this last one was not godly, but he was highly recommended. And we witnessed to him, as we visited with him, that God would help him win and help us win. But he really didn't listen. So I, I had to find something to stand on, you know. Um, um, that, was, that was before we had really just gotten all in. And... I looked up the scripture, Isaiah fifty four seventeen. No weapon formed against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. So, I quoted this scripture on prayer walks, at work, in church, Driving every time the case entered my mind, which was quite often. And it went on for days and days, and then it went on for weeks and weeks, and then it went on for months and months. Then one day, the lawyer called, and he said as he awoke in the night, he suddenly knew what we needed to have done to win. He told the court, and they totally dismissed our case. Now, that was a miracle. You know, when I took the call, I told him, I said, it was God that gave you that thought. And uh, I think he knew it. He, he wouldn't respond. But, you know, during the time we were going to court and it was dismissed, that wasn't very funny time. 
And that's where the rubber meets the road. And that's when you find a scripture and you stand on it so much that it becomes a part of who you are. So we continued to ask God to deliver us, and he did. But that scripture, I feel like that's my scripture. You all can use it, but I feel like it's mine because it worked. It's one that I experienced. So there comes a moment when we quit hedging bets. In other words, quit playing it safe. Quit doing what you've always done. Going all out for God is not just about getting where, getting where God wants you to be. It's going all in for the distance, no matter how long. It doesn't matter whether you're a journalist or a teacher or an artist, politician, lawyer, housewife, whatever. What matters is that we use our energy and our gift and our life for God's purposes. So don't just make a living, make a life. Make a difference. We don't need to change jobs. We don't need to change circumstances. We don't need to change friends. We don't need to change our spouse. We need to change us. I need to change me. Say that with me. I need to change me. When Jerry started reading the Bible every day, he changed. And I picked up his passion for the Word. And after a while, we both received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And that was total life-changing. That was one of the most defining moments of our Christian walk, or really, of our entire life. People at my work wanted to know what happened to me. I started playing Christian music in my workplace, and I was the boss, so I could do that. And we both stopped smoking. And everywhere we went in the car, we listened to tapes and sermons, and Jerry wore out our tapes of the Bible. He, he worked for the State Department of Education, and he had this whole northwest area, and he went to schools all in this northwest area. And so he drove, and he, he put that Bible in. Of course, we were doing tapes then, so it was a while ago. He wore out tapes of the Bible, and we had to get another. We went to conferences and workshops every time it was possible. We decided to change from a denominational church to one a full gospel non-denominational, and we're still here since 1989. We changed to get more, and we did. What happened? We got hungry. When you get hungry, you're going to look at the refrigerator. You're going to open it. You're going to find some food, right? Well, we found food every day in the Word of God. It became totally alive. I don't even think of this as a book. It's alive. Then God began to open up gifts for us to use, and I started teaching and prophesying some. My husband taught and loved on the people. If you notice, he still loves on all the people. 
He's interested in you, and he wants to know what's going on in your life. So Jerry became Pastor Jerry, and I became Pastor Virginia. We didn't set that goal. We, we didn't even know that would happen. Then later I was called to prophesy. But you know why it happened? Because we were all in. So would we be who we are and would we be where we are if we had not gotten hungry for God? I don't really know. But I'm so thankful that these years of, re of really knowing God and jumping in, all in, have changed us totally. I read this week that we have 60,000 thoughts a day. I think that's, that's a lot, you know. But the most important thought you will think is what do you think when you think of God? We spend way too much energy on the things we can't control, which is the outcome. We think wrong thoughts, and we wonder if, you know, I've, I've, I've gotten all in. Now, am I going to go back to my old habits? Or we wonder um, if our romance will make it, or we wonder if we're going to hit the target weight on this diet we're on. Or we wonder, well, what if I don't get this job? But we're not supposed to worry or concern ourselves with the results. If it's the right thing for the right reason, then God's got the results. And you don't have to worry about it. These are words from A.W. Dozer. He was a great, you know, if you're going to read one of his books, they're about that big. Little print. He knew God. God is above, but he isn't pushed up. And he's beneath, but he is not pressed down. He's outside, but he's not confined. And he's inside, but he's not excluded. God is above all things, presiding. He's beneath all things, sustaining. He's outside of all things, embracing. And he's inside of all things, filling. What comes into your mind when you think about God? That says who you are. The distance between our head and our heart is about 12 inches. But it's the difference between getting information. And you need that. You can get that from here. But then transformation. When it gets in your heart, you'll become transformed. You'll begin to look like Jesus. You'll begin to think like Jesus. It isn't enough just to invite Jesus into your mind. You're going to have to open the door of your heart. So now I want to take you back to the beginning of this message. The river of God flows out of the throne of God. I want to ask you, where are you in the river? Are you barely wading? Are you up to your knees? Did you wade out to your waist? 
Did you get clear up to your shoulders? Have you taken the challenge and begun to swim? Or are you still on the bank? At the end of our lives, our greatest regrets will be the God-ordained opportunities that we left on the table. The God-given passions that we did not pursue. And the God-sized dreams we didn't go after because we let fear dictate our decisions. We don't die when our hearts stop beating. We die when our hearts stop skipping a beat when you're pursuing your passion to know, really know God and to do what he's called us to do. No one has the same calling exactly, but everyone is called of God. I pray you'll discover your God-sized journey and you'll have the courage to chase it. Let the Holy Spirit guide you all the way. Remember, God is able to do immeasurably more than you can ask or think or even imagine. Many people believe God is real, but there's only a small part that want to live like it. Jump into the river and swim. Swim with God and learn about him, and he'll tell you all about your destiny. It's hard to give up the rewards, but they're up. it's hard to give up. It's hard to give up, isn't it? When you're standing on that bank and you know you need to jump in. Now, some people don't jump in. They wade and then they, they go in slowly. But if you're standing on the bank, it's hard to give up. But the rewards are amazing, fantastic, and out of this world. Are you one that can look back over your life and say, I spent it all in with God? So I pray something has been said today that will make you think about how you're living your life. And I pray, Holy Spirit, spoke through me and you're motivated to get into the river I can't lay hands on you and give you this desire but I can pray for you and give you an impartation to stir up the passion inside you for the ways and the things and the thoughts of God will you stand please my deepest desire is that every single one of you develops an intimate relationship with Holy Spirit, with Jesus, and with the Father God. So let's pray. Father God, I pray for everyone right now that this message becomes life-changing and we all decide to go all in. I know there's nothing like it. I pray we'll go the distance and swim in the river of God. I pray, Father, that you watch over everyone here and in the sound of my voice. 
give them revelation give them transformation give them information and watch them grow in jesus name amen